Hi, I'm Sherry Fella, the founder of Bloombase. And I'm Allison Lochran, partner at Bloombase. Welcome to the Power 2 podcast. On this podcast, we explore power from a feminine perspective, how it shows up in and with people from diverse experiences. We want to explore how, when, and why humans feel powerful, and when they don't, how to get there. Power 2 is personal power, the ability to choose our own states and behaviors. Our intent with this conversation isn't just to have an intriguing conversation. Our intent is to have an impactful one, one that opens up possibilities and may even change behaviors. Welcome to Power 2. Hello, Sherry. Now we're back. We're back. We are back. We are back. Oh my We're God. We're so ready to be back. Ugh, Which is why are. it's time. It's why it's time to be back because it's time. It's so right. You're so right. I love how you said that. So true. So time. And then the true bloom based vein, while we had not really anticipated as today would be the day that we were going to be inspired to record a podcast, because that's sort of how we do things, not on an agenda. <laughs> Just as the mood strikes, you we know, trust not, it. We trust, we trust it. We trust it. And that our topic today was going to be mainly about the power to replenish. But yet now after some of the conversations that you and I have had about your return from your great pilgrimage to the beach for a week and a half, exactly, I feel like we need to even adjust our agenda a little bit more and unpack some of the things that we've been talking about before we kicked the session off. Are you, are you agenda? Do you mean idea that we have? <laughs> yes. I, the agenda, I mean, vague idea. Okay. So yeah. I, I actually think they go hand in hand. Okay. That's sort of what I was thinking. So let's, let's, let's trust that. Let's follow that path. So you were telling me, you've been telling me over the last few days, you, you, you took this great period of time, much needed time to rest your brain and your soul and your heart. And you started to feel really replenished, but as you were moving through this and unpacking some of this with me, you started talking about some of the, the epiphanies and learnings that you got from having that time to think and reflect that cover how we've gotten to this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So while reclining on the beach, we've been unpacking some of these epiphanies. And I think that they're, like you said, they go hand in hand with this idea of replenish and the whole overarching picture of how much inspiration can come from being replenished and how getting a stepping out of your world helps give you a different view into it. So, so I want to ask you to relay the story that you were telling me earlier about how you were listening to a podcast today Right. And that, that one of the themes that you had started to that started to really emerge for you when you were at the beach was that you wanted to start to let go of safety and the things that you thought you should be doing in right. growing a business and scaling a business like we are, and instead turn back to fulfillment. Yeah, I don't even know if it was that intentional, but yeah, that was kind of the, the reflection maybe in hindsight. I think... I think I didn't know how fulfilled I actually was until I paused long enough to let it catch up to me. Mm. It's so easy to get those muscles going that we all have, get Mm -hmm. it right, ride the wave, you know, you can do, you can do more and you're doing well. So keep doing it. And I think that big fat pause button was like, Oh man, 
how good is life? Which then brings us full circle to the podcast I was listening to with Jonathan Fields, Good Life Project podcast, which is where my journey to where I am now really began with him and his guest was Christoph Carter Casey on a podcast today because they both have books out. Uh, Jonathan has sparked out and Casey has permission to glow. So check those out. But those two gentlemen in the rainforest of Costa Rica changed the trajectory of my life in more ways than I probably ever told them. So maybe they'll listen to this and (laughs) (laughs) hopefully to hear this, but it is, it is not lost to me that I'm sitting here looking at my screensaver, which is the sunrise I got to see in Cabo every day, which reminded me of all the sunrises and sunsets in Costa Rica. And that we're having this conversation because of what I heard on their podcast today and this replenishment theme. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a weird moment actually right now (laughs) that it's all coming together, you know? Absolutely. Which is why we're ready. It's why we're ready to be back, Allison. That's right. That's right. While it sort of felt like trying to work a muscle I haven't worked for a while, now that I'm sitting in this space with you, I'm like, let's do this. Let's go. So, and I love, can I just say, well, I've missed the space with you, but I love that we trust ourselves enough to just not do something to do it. Agreed. And that I love that we've taken, how long has it been? I don't even know, six months, seven months since our last podcast. Probably. And so we felt like we had something to say and something meaningful to add or share. And maybe this won't be meaningful to anyone but us, but that's okay. We never right. have an expectation. But I really, I'm, I'm proud of us for that. I love that we marched to the beat of our own drum. That is true. That is a true story. Amen. Amen. So before we start digging into the, our parallel theme here of replenishing, I want to hear again, what, how you were thinking about the podcast that you were listening to today and how it's really sparked kind of your idea about why you're on this trajectory now with Bloombase and what we're doing. Yeah. So I won't do this justice. You really need to listen to Jonathan's podcast today with Casey on it. But in short, there was a, a segment at the very front where Jonathan had asked Casey about the many different, you know, lives and pivots our lives take. And one of them was Casey started out as a professional musician Casey was talking about his oldest daughter, who is also a professional musician, but she's in high school. And he was just sharing how when he was going through that, his mother was super encouraging and supportive, but also encouraged him to have a plan B in case music didn't work out. And he was sharing with Jonathan that what he and his wife were doing was to say to Elliot, his daughter, hey, plan A is all you got. If you're all in, we're all in. Don't get distracted with plan B. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my God, I have had so many plan Bs in my life because it was all with good intention people, right? This is what you should do, or this is what's expected, or this is what's safe, or this is whatever it is. And I feel like it wasn't until I was in my fifties where I was like, I wouldn't have called it plan A, but this is, this should, what would have happened if this had been plan A all along? Not from a regret perspective, but I just thought that was so powerful. Hey, kid, plan A is all you got. We're all in if you're all in. That's powerful, isn't it? I I agree 100%. I do. I do. It impacted me the same same way when you were talking about it. I had this, my own mini epiphany about how, again, for me, also coming even much later than you to this work and our business, that 
I had never even thought about this trajectory because I was so focused on the safe route, but that's, you know, with great intention, again, how I was raised, like you got to be able to pay your bills. You got to be able to put your 401k. I was so consumed with safety. And I just thought that fulfillment, you know, might be a byproduct of it, of what I do. And I think that's why even more so now I'm so um, being at Blue Maze and having made the transition out of corporate America, I'm so incredibly invested and almost to the point where I'm emotional about it and deeply, deeply entrenched in how I make this work because it is my plan A. There is nothing else to me. And I have never been in that space where I am 100% dedicated to doing what I believe I need to be doing. That gives me goosebumps. Isn't that magical? It is. And I I love it. I I need to sit in that space. I'm not going to do it in dead air on a podcast, (laughs) but I, I do love it. That's it's so clear to me that that is why this is so meaningful and so intense and why I'm so dedicated and so distraught by anything that might challenge it or, you know, it, it's so meaningful to me because it is the first time in my life that I have executed my plan A and I don't want that to not keep moving forward. Dude. But, but it also occurs to me in the same moment that I am now setting my daughter up in the same way to wow. sort of chase her dream, but have something to fall back on. And, and I'm just saying yeah. that. I'm like, why, why can't I shift that narrative? I mean, I plan to, because to your point, Sherry, everything has been, you know, in her mind, it's been about Georgetown and getting into Georgetown. This is her focus based on what she wants to do with her life, which also feels very clear. Yeah. Which I I don't want to discount. I wasn't that clear at that age, but she is. Right. And in the back of my mind and my little voice keeps saying to her, like, that's great. But if this class is troubling you, there are a hundred other schools that would be okay with it. Right. Not Georgetown. That's the Georgetown track. But if you don't want to be in the Georgetown track, you can let this go. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm giving her plan B and C. So maybe. You're giving it to her, but I love your follow-up question, which is to go back to her and say, hey, what are you all in on? Let's go that route. Right. Like, I think it's right. lovely. And I love that you're setting her up that no, she has choice. I think that's always powerful. And then once she chooses it, it's okay to go all in. I think that's what you and I missed. Yes, exactly. That and is that, exactly it. Because that's, I think, what this break got me was to come back and be brave enough, not hang on to the fear of this great wave we've been riding. What would happen if we jump off it? It's kind of like, what's the quote about relationships? If you think you can't live through a breakup of the relationship you're in, you definitely need to break up because you should never be that dependent or hold something that it does Right. Yeah. Same thing with this. It doesn't feel like work to us because we're so passionate about it and we get to do such meaningful stuff. But if if we're holding that tightly to it, it's like, I don't know. Maybe you still need to hit a pause button. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah, maybe that's a question for her. Cause I love that you gave her choices. She does. She's she has total agency here. Yes, agency. That's a great word. That's a great word. And I would love to understand what her ultimate focus is so that I can go all in on that with her. And then if that changes, it changes. But I was going to say, but I want that to be her decision. I want her to make that choice. Yes. Consciously. Yes. 
And wouldn't that be what I was going to say was exactly where you headed, which was, wouldn't that be the difference to me? You know how we see these different versions of endurance versus resilience play out mm-hmm. with our clients or with ourselves. Wouldn't that be interesting if we all, if we went all in and we got good about pressing the pause button so we could bask in our fulfillment for a while and kept going and how different that might look from a resilience perspective than if we did plan B and just endured it. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's all wrapped up in just choice. But who knew that? I didn't know that. I'm 53. Right. Damn. Right. Oh my God. What a, that's such a great, great point about the choice around that. I love that. I, and I don't know if you remember on my out of office when I was gone basking in paradise. <laughs> it was a quote from Alicia Robertson. Let me find it. And I bring it up because I cannot tell you how many of our clients got that and said, I'm stealing that for my next out of office. Really? Yes. Because it was a testament. Like, it's almost like when you get to that level, you can't leave because it means you're not committed or you don't love what you do when it's actually the opposite. Yes. You love it so much. You want to make sure you can keep doing it. So you need to take a break. Yes. For her. Okay. I hope a million people (laughs) just heard that. Yeah. People that believe that breaking yourself shows commitment, that dying on the hill shows commitment, that you can't be committed. I am so committed to this that I know I need to refuel myself to come back better. Yes. That, those kind of movies, those dramas are just as debilitating as romance dramas that aren't real but the quote the quote from alicia robertson was her name and i don't i don't really know anything about her background i just want to give her credit because i think it's such a beautiful quote but it said uh, you can do what you love and still be tired you can do what you love and still become burnout you can do what you love and still get excited about taking a break and that is exactly where i was i think that's so simple but it's so true and every single one of our clients has commented on that to me mm-hmm. and they right. not like they don't have, you know, who they are. It's not like they don't have big fulfilling lives and big jobs and successful families. And they are still sitting there going, I don't know if I should take a break. Right. You have to take a break. Right. So we've managed to come to circle back around to the actual topic we had intention around talking about tonight. And I actually, I loved the word replenish and thinking about that over the last few days, just the word replenish is fun to say to me because I'm a nerd that way. (laughs) Um, But I had to look it up because I wanted to get the technical definition. Oh, cool. What is it? Assigning my own definition to it, which I still did, of course. Like I still have my version of this, but the technical definition is to fill something up again or to fill up again. Oh. Right? It is right? fulfillment. It is. <laughs> or to restore, as in a stock or supply, to a former level or condition, which I also love that I have to restore myself to the level at which I can really dedicate myself to the spaces I'm in. I'm stunned. I love that <laughs> definition. We need to put that on our website. Because <laughs> yeah, we focus so much on well being. One, We always try to walk our talk, but two, that is the perfect description of how my pause felt for me Mm. in every way, just to say cognitively, emotionally, spiritually, socially, physically, all of it. 
whole body, whole person, whole being, whole being. Yeah. Because that was going to be my first question is what is your definition of it? Oh, dang. That, what you just said. Right. <laughs> there you go. Check. We answered that one. Yeah. That's how I was thinking about it was refueling. Yeah. That's what was sort of in my head. That's why I was like, is that really the technical definition? So yes, that's what's going to be my question is what's your real definition? But apparently. The only thing I would maybe add to that, because I do love that definition. The only thing I would add to that is to me, and I shared this with you guys when I got back, but it felt like I could begin again. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't just pausing and then coming back to get on the same track that I could, I, I, I was so restored that I could actually reimagine it. Like new possibilities could emerge right. that I actually didn't come have to come back and get on the exact same trajectory. And I didn't, I mean, because I had the support from all of you, but that's amazing to me. Truly, truly. So now that I can skip that question. <laughs> you knew your plan was going to last for like one minute, right? Precisely, precisely. Yeah. So here's what, what's sort of emerging for me now is How do you recognize that you need to replenish? Oh, man. I mean, can I answer that for you? Oh, God, please do. Oh, yeah, you probably know before I do. That's fair. No, I can answer for for me. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's actually probably really healthy. It, It occurred to me that I was like, I know that I can tell just through simple things that you're tired, that you're wrung out, it's even in the level of the creativity that you have, mm-hmm. um, your tolerance, your, like, it, yeah. I start to see it creep in. So, so uh, that's, that's it for me. So I'm curious what it feels like to you when you know that you're on the brink and you really, really need to replenish. Oh my God. The tolerance is for sure. My window shuts. And I actually think I might even hang a fuck you sign on it. I'm not sure, but <laughs> But I do think the first sign for me is creativity because I can't just power through stuff, especially in the spaces we're in. It doesn't feel authentic to me to do that. So that's probably where I notice it first. I need to get better at noticing it though and trusting it when I do. But I think too often I do endure instead of trying to rearrange, create the space. And when people say make time, I don't want to say that we can't make time. we got to take it back. Now I need to get better at taking it back when I need the space because I'm the one that gave it away so I can take it back. And I do think you're a useful guide in that and the whole team. I think you're all useful guides in that. I would agree. I think the team might even have different answers about what their your tell is to them. Yeah. yeah. Be an interesting question. Yeah. And it's also for me, it's, when I don't have time to be relational in it, I'm mm-hmm. tired. Tell me more about that. What does that mean? That I don't, I don't take the time to make the connection that I just start going through stuff. I just start churning out stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get, we all live in reality. Sometimes you have to do that. But when that becomes a pattern, that, that's a real telltale sign for me. Mm-hmm. When I lose my relational frame and just start the to-do list yeah box checking yeah makes sense what do you think it is for you it's a great question uh do you want me to answer that yes you answer it first just like I did for you you answer it first 
I feel like I know when you're tapped out, is that the right phrase? I'll use tapped out for right now. When you're ready for replenishment, (laughs) you go, you go quiet. Mm. You don't disappear. You just go quiet. That feels true. If I can't get the energy to be engaged, to be connected, that's bad. Because your energy is always out front. You always are there. You know, you're Allison, you're out there. So it's noticeable when you're not. I think that's why I say go quiet, whatever that is for you. You withdraw or I'm Mm -hmm. sure it shows up in different ways for you. That's how I would describe it. Because you're such a big part of the energy in our spaces. I think it's it become, it's more obvious probably because you do provide a lot of the energy for me and everyone you're around. You know what I mean? That's a good point. I, I think I, I noticed that too, because my I draw energy from that space, from being in a space where I'm connected to people and I'm, you know, pulling their own force with mine, you know, like you know, when people talk about energy vampires, I feel that so acutely, probably more than most people, because I'm so fueled by the energy of other people. So when someone has no energy or actually takes mine, I really notice it. So when I don't have the the capacity to be connected and to be around people, that's a, that's a big sign for me. For sure. For sure. I would also say when I have difficulty finding joy. That's also a tell for me when I feel like I'm going through the motions and I'm not, not that I have to have experienced some high, high or some low, low, but if I'm just not experiencing that shift into a joyful space for even the smallest thing, even for, you know, a great ice cream cone where I'm just, you know, convulsed because it's so good. Like when I can't rate, like to your point, when I'm not like, Oh my God, you know, about something, whether it's, you know, a shirt I got or a code or a piece of music, whatever it is, a, you know, TV show. If I can't get to that place where I am super joyful about something, even if it's mundane, I know like I'm tapped. As soon as you said that, it made me flash back to all the, I'll categorize them as some transactional spaces that steal both our energy. <laughs> yeah. I can so see that. I wouldn't have described it that way, though, that you couldn't find joy in it. Because it, at the time, you don't know what another person's experiencing, right? Sometimes it feels like fear. Or sometimes it's just your drain, like whatever it is. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a tell for me, personally. It's a great question. I'm asking <sighs> people around me that question, too. So my next question for you is, I'm going to make you answer this first. What do you believe truly replenishes you? What spaces, what places, like what do you really need? I absolutely need beauty and actually not any beauty. I need, I mean, nature and beauty. Okay. So that could be the beach or the mountains, but I need to be in beautiful places. And I don't mean ritzy. I mean, I could be in my backyard and be in a beautiful place, but nature replenishes me. Mm-hmm. I also need to have solitude. If I'm with someone, I need to be with someone who understands that and that's not an affront to them. <laughs> um, and I need to be quiet. Like I, when I go to replenish, I'm not itinerary girl. I kept saying to you before I left for months, like I just need to be still somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? 
So I think it's that combination, the stillness, the solitude, and natural beauty. Those are probably the three big things for me. I love that. I love it. I think the natural beauty resonates with me, but it doesn't necessarily have to be nature. Like, I think it was Cheryl Strayed has a quote from Wild, which is one of my favorite books, where her mom talks about putting yourself in the way of beauty. And I think about that a lot. Yeah. That's an experience that replenishes me, whether it's a vista, whether it's, um, a, you know, a beautiful meal, whether it's a, you know, great little side street in Florence, like something, a flower market where yeah. I can just sort of marvel for a minute that that replenishes me. That was sort of my train of thought as I was formulating my own answers. I have to be in a space where my brain feels like I'm experiencing something I haven't had in a while. That's why I think travel is so replenishing to me is that I have to be different in a different space. And that that's almost like a creativity to my brain. Like, okay, I have to exist today. I have to find a place to eat. I have to, you know, get myself back to my place I'm staying and that sort of learning and rediscovering myself and what I'm capable of and what I can do is part of it for me. Getting myself out of my routines and patterns at home is that's so weird. interesting. Yeah, that's so not what we're <laughs> like. I, you know, I love I love travel too, but but it doesn't replenish me always. It inspires me. I love going out of my comfort zone. So maybe that fuels me in some ways, but that doesn't replenish me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as you said Florence, I thought way too people. <laughs> of course. Way too many people. Right. I totally understand that. But that's so, like, it's such a, to me, experiences maybe is what fuels me. That's such a seven thing, like being able to have new experiences and new learning, whether it's a place or, or even a person, maybe it's traveling to a familiar place with a person that I've never traveled there with before. There's so much learning and, and newness in that and, and the experience itself. I think that's what's replenishing for me. Shout out to all the Enneagram sevens who oh just, my God. just nodded their heads at that. God, I love <laughs> learning, but that feels more like being taught. Yep. <laughs> Not to me. And I will never forget the experience you and I took which we won't have to go into on air today. But when we both went to New Orleans and I said, Al, I'm going to, I want to get my own room and we go. And you're like, Oh, thank God. I wanted to be in a room where I don't with the strangers so we can talk and learn about stuff. And I thought, Oh my God, that is something Sherry fellow will never ever say, but I love that you did. We both so knew who we were. That was so great. You're like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> And I was like, oh, thank God. She doesn't <laughs> want to share a room. This is so great. Oh, my God. So that great. is such, that's the perfect story to describe yeah. our differences. That's why you and I can hang out because we get that about each other. But oh right. God, that was the funniest thing ever. I'll never forget right. that. That but, is, in a nutshell, it encapsulates our differences. Totally. Totally. That's why it works. Okay. But yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that is something Sherry Fellow will never say. I can't wait to room with a complete stranger for like five days. Oh my God. St I'd, rather, I'd rather stay home and put needles in my eye. <laughs> it does sound weird when you say it out loud, but I was pumped about it. <laughs> I know, but that's how beautiful, that's you. You're just beautiful like that, but not Sherry Fella. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm -mm. Oh my God. 
Well, my last question that I am actually kind of curious about is what do you think you could do even better at recognizing or replenish, recognizing you need replenishing or replenishing yourself? Mm. I know this will be shocking to you, but I need, I need even more time by myself. I swear I'm really not a hermit, but I really could be maybe. (laughs) I think maybe you should just own the fact that you are indeed a hermit. (laughs) I am. I love being by myself. I also love being with people I love. It's not that, but I do need, I think it's also because of the spaces we're in. They're intense. They require a lot of focus. um, And rightly so they should um, for us to get the impact we're going after. But I also need to just accept that too, right? That that requires a lot of refueling and a lot of replenishment to sustain that. And I think what I need to get better at is not only noticing the things we talked about earlier and trusting you guys when you notice it, if I don't, but being more purposeful about it proactively. Right. So you know how we're trying to get to our four-day work weeks, even though we don't really have work weeks, but you get the gist. Right. <laughs> or trying to get to more spacious, reflective time mm-hmm. during the week, every week, stuff like that. So they're small stubs, but I think they would have big, big impacts for me in terms of my ability to sustain and be resilient versus get into these endurance spaces or at least have fewer of them. I don't know if we can totally avoid that. Sometimes shit just happens, but I mean, I think I could be a lot more proactive. I think that's beautiful. I love that because it, you're right. It does take an incredible level of energy and presence in those spaces. So just, just recognizing that and understanding it and being really clear about what it takes to get refueled to be able to be back in that space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. So given our original definition of replenish, replenishing, to fill up again, to restore to a former level or condition, my question to everyone, questions to everyone listening are, what do you do to replenish yourself? And what is your plan to replenish yourself now? When are you going to take steps to replenish yourself? And even more than that, how might that replenishment fuel you in every space that you show up in? 